Um, so I'm Thomas von Tonder, hashtag Beast Mode, Red Bull Obstacle Racing Athlete from South Africa. You're listening to OCR Audio. Uh, I'm Ian Hozik. You've been listening to OCR Audio. And if you stop listening early, I'll stick Watson on you. And he's terrifying. <laughs> Hey, I'm Matt Walrath, and you're listening to OCR Audio. Let's do it. You're you're the host now, so <laughs> go. So it's up to you. All right, guys. So, so if we're already if we're going, if we're rocking this right now, I want to ask uh, you guys, Luke and Jack, how much did you poop your pants having to race with John Alpine in the Dolomites? Like I just it was it a little bit or was it like a like a big load of poop? I wanna know. We apologized before we even started for how slow he was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, the first hill, um he was running and talking. <laughs> we were like <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. yeah, it was all good. I mean, I have to say, and I don't mean this bad on Luke at all, but um, I was the only one not to get burpees. Oh, so, there you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, and so Luke had, no fairness, the volunteer's fault, but he slipped off Olympus because he put his foot back down on the peg. And then John was being a cocky ass about the balance beam. And he got half <laughs> up and slipped off. And he was like, oh, shit, now I've got to do burpees. <laughs> In all fairness, he did the quickest set of burpees I think I've ever, ever seen a man do. I mean, that's impressive. I don't imagine John hanging out in Bergen and actually practicing his burpees. I, I don't see that happening. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. The best bit was after that, it was sort of a, a downhill run. And I said to Luke, come on, let's get ahead of him. Let's, for the first time in this race, let's actually like leave him for dust. <laughs> for about 400 meters, he was blowing out his arc because he'd come off the back of 30 burpees. And then literally, it was almost like a switch. He just started breathing normally again and then just overtook us and just went up this bloody hill. And we were like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the guy is a machine. I mean, I was saying to Luke, even afterwards, um, just in simple running and trail running and stuff, he, he his footsteps are phenomenal. Like how he reads the terrain and just yeah. go, and he makes it look so easy. Graceful. Barbed wire as well. I never thought someone could take that much time out of me and Luke on a barbed wire crawl. The guy is a monster with barbed wire. That's impressive. Like it's But I was watching him and he does basically three legs one way, three legs the other, three rolls one way, three rolls. So he does four different techniques. In one go. Yeah, he does it every three. So three, 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 three. So he's he's never keeping the same style going he's always changing it up and same with his running i mean every uphill run he was 10 seconds on 10 seconds off so he would run for 10 seconds walk for 10 seconds run for 10 seconds and even the steeper stuff at the dolomites like the 30 percent stuff he was still hiking he wasn't running it but when he did get into a run it was just short sharp quick repetition quick cadence yeah get his breath back and then go again but downhill like an absolute machine no. Well, talking about Bob Wire, I was cheering for Nikolai when he raced the Beast here in Morsine yesterday, and I saw this girl who was uh, she was racing with a balloon, and I think her goal was to finish the Beast without popping the balloon. And the critical point was obviously the Bob Wire crawl. But this girl, she found, I've never 
<laughs> she just looked really weird, like a uh, like she was a shellfish, like trying to move on land. Like it just wasn't working for her. And at the slowest bob wire crawl in the world, but the balloon came out unharmed. Oh. Um, well, so um, props to whoever you, you that was. Annoyed if you got all the way to the fire jump and then you burnt it on the fire. Yeah, <laughs> 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 <That> nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, seven hours later, like, oh, no. <laughs> so while we're on the question of Morzine, uh, Nikolai, I know that's yeah. like your second or third Spartan, isn't it? But how did that one feel? Well, yeah, well, uh, Spartan race, Morzine was uh, very, very different from what else I've been running. I've been running um, only like one mountain uh, running race before. It was uh, in uh, Tromsø, uh, the uh, children's race on uh, 30 kilometer <laughs> I mean I mean you compared to the 50k <laughs> uh, so I was just like it, it, it was very similar to that like my experience with the uphill and the downhill running uh, will uh, endless of uphill running it was just keeping on and on and on and on and, on. and uh, I mean it, it was amazing uh, the view and stuff and and actually very uh, kind of uh, technical downhills I think yeah at least um, at the at the top and uh, 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 and a couple of kilometers down there, it was very technical, which I actually liked a lot uh, because I was also that was where I actually gained gained my uh, third place, mm-hmm. and I lost my second place uh, to Albert to Albert But I mean, it was good. Was, was that from running, or was that a certain obstacle that you? you uh, no, it was um, only downhill running. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to be very used to that, isn't he? As well, do you know what I mean? Like he's going to be conditioned to that. And I think it also comes yeah. from his mountain biking. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He got <laughs> some big kahunas on the downhill yeah. for sure. Really big. But I was, uh, but I was getting, uh, getting, uh, well, uh, Thomas Bule, uh, who has been actually leading the leading the race, uh, the most part of the race actually. He was just uh, blowing, uh, blowing out from the start and I was just like I was way behind I was uh, maybe 12th or 10th place in uh, the first kilometers because I, I was just uh, thinking it's a long race and uh, there's a long uphill so I I can I have time for uh, changing it up so and I was glad I'm I was glad I was sticking to that plan but uh, did they did they bring you into the festival area and then back out on another hill again after the spear did you throw the spear and then go back uphill uh well it was a um, only after this after this spiral were actually uh, just going uphill, yeah. But 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 the first kilometers were out. But the first kilometers were uh, like out in the in the valley, and then uh, uh, back to the finish area, and then we had this spear, and then we were just starting to climb up uh, at the first first uh, at the first uh, climbing, and then we had a little bit of downhill, and then we were going all the way. To, uh, to the to the peak of I don't remember the name of the peak, but where they have the A frame at the top. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Take the views yeah. in there, uh, Nikolai. Did you did you stop and look, or were you just in race mode? Um, I was r- really busy trying to uh, overtake <laughs> Albusale at the A frame. I was just <laughs> and this close for uh, taking uh, third place at that moment. I was just oh shit, I almost got him. But then we got over it, and then he just flew away. But then I was catching uh, Thomas right after. So, I mean, it was okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so last year when me and Luke did that uh, for the championship, um, we got back down to the bottom and there was a picture of that A-frame on top of the mountain. We were like, yeah. 
did it look like that? I don't remember it yeah. looking like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was like it's a like a very little peak actually. There's uh, not much room. Uh, so a simple track all the way up, essing all the way up, and then the exactly, thing exactly. Will track down as well. And this uh, just uh, will. Uh, Right and right after it, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I yeah. didn't really have time to look, uh, so yeah. But we actually have a. That's we, why we're doing it tomorrow. We actually have a plan to go there and have a look because I need to have a look. <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. I reckon it'll still be out as well, so you'll be able to plan the obstacles. They won't. Oh, have yeah. Well, I'm impressed how Spartan got that to the top of the hill. Uh, yeah, we're talking about like it's it's not as if they brought some super sophisticated obstacles, and that's not what you paid like the uh, what's that a hundred. Uh, 10 pounds or whatever for the ticket you didn't pay for those like crazy obstacles but some people spend a lot of time building an a-frame on top of that mountain yeah. right? Mark, he took it up one by one on his shoulder all i, <laughs> all I can picture is thomas blanc just carrying it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> and then a cargo net in the other arm one piece at the time yeah. no so we are running up to the top of that mountain tomorrow around lunch so our strava runs will be lunch run up there yeah. and uh, we'll be bringing some trail baguettes uh and uh just to have a sit down up yeah. there and we can <laughs> what's a trail baguette <laughs> It's just baguettes with things in it you bring on a trail run. That's trail baguettes. <laughs> trail baguettes. Special <laughs> trail baguettes. those for years. <laughs> and you, and uh, somehow you can only get them in France. You can only yeah. get those in the Alps or in New Zealand <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah, like. yeah. Trail baguette. You don't yeah. get that in Denmark. It's just, well, it's just I want a, a picture. I want a picture tomorrow on top of that A-frame with a trail baguette, please. Oh, right. All right. That, that could happen. Yeah. If the oh, A-frame is there, we'll do it for yeah. sure. Do that. That'd be grand. Then we'll send it to yeah. Thomas Bueller because he has a picture from the top of that A-frame where he looks a bit tired. So we'll send <laughs> it a picture of us eating trail baguettes on top of the A-frame. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I love that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the plan. And also, apparently, you can see Mont Blanc from the top of that mountain. And I'll, uh, I'll be heading to Chamonix uh, after that tomorrow. So spending three days in Chamonix, which will be great. UTMB's just been there. The, um, the marathon's just been there yeah. last week. So only, only the marathon. I think yeah, the ultra yeah. run is in uh, August. August. August, yeah. So next month, yeah. yeah. That'll be good. The, the hype and vibe around there will be awesome. I mean, Chamonix is one of my favorite places in France. It's mm. incredible. It is amazing. I don't know if you guys have been before, but even like the area, Chamonix, the town, it's yeah. really we vibing. Years ago, Nikolai brought me. I didn't want, we were there for a three-day training camp. It's a few years ago. I was not a very good runner uh, then. I'm still still working on that part. Nikolai brought me with an ultra-running club from Denmark. We did the first <laughs> run, which was long and fun and good. And then 30 kilometers. 30 kilometers. Yeah, in the mountains. <laughs> two and a half thousand meters of uh, altitude gain. Uh, and I was like, this is amazing. I took pictures. I had a great time. The next day I woke up, my Achilles on both my feet were done. I didn't walk for 24 hours. And the last day in Chamonix, I was just only walking around town, but I couldn't do any so more running. <laughs> you were actually only having one running day. I was yeah. having uh, three or four days uh, for the <laughs> Wait, we lost uh, Leon after the first day. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was us in Alvarez last year. Do you remember? After the race, we, we walked through the uh, the village of Alvarez and we just looked like dog, 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 dog. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it was really But yeah, that's, um, that was, uh, so if anyone's wondering like what my fitness background is, that's what, what, that was my level two years ago. Take me on one run and I will crash and burn and not function for the rest of the training camp. <laughs> So money well spent, uh, I guess. It was a good experience. <laughs> but 
but yeah. You've improved. You can run and move now after running. I can do stuff now, which is good. I've been building up a bit of mileage. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, to talk about the race yesterday, uh, in the Beast, we saw some pretty cool athletes. But one of the things I was, um, I thought for most European athletes, like going to, for example, London for the OCRWCs, like you kind of do this thing because you're a European racer, it's easy to go this year. And yep. um, European obstacle racing also is a little bit famous for like including some of the rig based stuff, which you will also see in London. But the Spartan environment over here uh, kind of resembles some of the American stuff, where if mm. you are a Spartan racer, that's kind of your thing, and you'll you yeah. won't really leave that um, yeah. like a zone of type of OCR of racing. Mm. So yeah. we saw some really fast people yesterday, like yeah, because it was also the final of the French series. Really yeah. fast people, but I've I've never seen these guys at championship events like NSK no. and uh, Thibaut Jean and people like that. They're so yeah. fast. They're so yeah, fast. So They're really good in London. I, I want to see these guys show up in London and use some of that speed. Like just start prepping now. They should be good. I want to see that for yeah. sure. It's interesting that you say this, and um, I'm going to be careful what I say because in case the Frenchies listen to this. But um, there's uh, someone like David Abros who like he's a yeah. he was in Morzine as well, wasn't he? Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, England uh, and me and Luke have beaten him. That's that is the stupid thing. Put them in England on these flat Spartan courses, and me and Luke can hold our own. So mm-hmm. it comes that mountain, it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, because we don't train them. You know, the last time me and Luke ran the mountain was last year in Bloody Morzine. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, we've done more elevation in the last two two weeks than we have all bloody five years, I reckon. <laughs> um, I want to point out as well just coming back to your couldn't walk the next day so when I said to John Alban do you fancy being the team with me and Luke he was like yeah okay and then he texted me back straight away he's like I'm not sure how I'm going to feel after the beast I'm thinking you're not sure how you're going to feel what about <laughs> poor old me and Luke <laughs> but, <good point. laughs> oh that's hilarious that's nice I mean he's, he's such a nice and honest guy like just no. straightforward yeah. A very genuine guy. However, in Poland, Leon and Nikolai, you had very different different uh, races last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. There was also a little bit of altitude there, which uh, was uncommon for European Championship yeah. events because you know, it's been hosted in Holland and Denmark, which yeah. are both um, flat. Flat. <laughs> super <laughs> flat. But hey, before we go to Poland, uh, I think we should call out a couple of Americans who primarily do Spartan Race who we want to see in London. Ooh, uh, and who's on the list then? Oh, there's a couple of guys. I want to I want to hear you guys. Who who do you think Luke and Jack should should move their butts from uh, their American Spartan Race comfort zone and fly over to London? Well, not just a Spartan Race. But there's two people that I want to see, and I think one of them will definitely be coming. That's Hunter. He actually said he's coming. Hund is coming. He got into the games and he'll he'll be there for Worlds and he'll be there for Tahoe, which was his promise at some point. He said he wanted to do games, Worlds and Tahoe in the same year and show that he can dominate everything. So Yeah, that'd be interesting. Difficult, but interesting. Um, yeah. um, and I also want to see Matt Roche open his mouth on the London uh, quick 100-meter course. And he's I would like to this. see Matt move on a 3K as well. We will see. Yeah. We will see. There are two people... Spartan races. I think Spartan races. I'd like to see Killian come to um, Worlds. Thank you, Luke. I'd love to see Killian as well. Yeah, I think he's been doing Spartan race for such a long time, but he's done the Norams in um, America, the North mm-hmm. American um, Adventures one in North America. I'd mm-hmm. love to see him 
come to Worlds and take on that course. Um, and Ryan Kent. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kent come and do it. I think uh, he's done a lot of different stuff. He's done the long stuff, the beast. He's crushing the stadiums at the minute. Yeah, he's doing stadiums. I think maybe in like the 3K, he could put down some serious uh, times. I don't know how he'd do against some of the European guys who are all fluid on obstacles. But um, those two guys I'd like to see come and do it. Um, from the female side, um, maybe Rhea Koval and Faye Stenham. Rhea and Faye. I'd just like to see them test themselves on maybe the 15K course. Yes. Um, just be interesting to see those girls against uh, some of the Scandinavian girls. I think Faye could do amazingly well on the mm-hmm. 15K course, for sure. And I think uh, Kent is, is probably one of the guys I'd like to see the most because I think on a 3K, he's deadly. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd love to see him use some of that speed he had uh, when he did um, he did collegiate track, I think. So uh, for him to yeah. do a somewhat flat 3K with this, I think he would be a serious contender. And I mean, then I'm just loving that VJ is coming over to crush him, but uh, that is going to be super interesting as well. I'm is he coming? Forward. Is he confirmed coming? Uh, I mean, I don't think he has made any like public announcements that he'll be there, but we know he wants to be there. And um, I feel like VJ is the kind of guy where he, if he wants to do something, it'll eventually end up happening. Like he, he's got that kind of spirit, which I like. So I think if you can get enough of them come, I think they'll come as a group. I think they'll actually yeah. come. That's yeah. What about yourselves, Leon, Nikolai? Who would you like to see come from America over and compete other than the guys we mentioned? Other than the guys we mentioned? Yeah. Is there anybody else? Uh, I love having out, hanging out with Trailmaster Hammond. Um, I want to see this guy bring his uh, ATV helmet back to the UK and uh, race uh, race this race. He's so much fun. I'd love to see him there. I think I wanted to... the guys you guys already mentioned is, is the guys I really yeah. wanted to see. They are like yeah. Otherwise, I just love to hang out with Steve. He's a good guy. Is there, any, um, is there any Europeans that weren't there last year? Any big Europeans that missed? Well, I'd like to see some of the Spartan-esque European guys try the world. Yeah. In New we have, yeah. we have seen uh, we Well, uh, the, uh, the guy who won, uh, won the beast uh, here... Uh, Luca. Uh, Luca, like, he's like... Mountain runners, Spartan race, and I know he have also been doing some flat running races, but I, what I've heard it's primarily Spartan races. Uh, he has been doing, but but it could be fun to see a guy like him. Also. No, the Italians. You didn't have Luigi Bianchi, did you either? Bianchi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Albert, Albert obviously came over. Um, yeah. Albert races everything. Albert Soleil races yeah. everything, which he's, is great. He's just like a meme yeah. machine. I'll do everything. Talking of someone that, that raced everything, so yeah. and a girl, Miriam Bassett. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Beast in Italy, Ultra at Morzine, Beast at Morzine, and Super Today. Yeah, we tried, we tried. Come on, you're a coach. What's going on there? Surely somewhere, something somewhere should be going, maybe you shouldn't be doing this much, Miriam. She's, yeah, 39 <laughs> years and old. She, and she, she had what, the seventh <laughs> fastest time. On the super today? Yeah. Uh, seventh classes time on the super of all people. I don't know how many, uh, like, fresh guys who was doing this uh, super, if all of them have been doing the piece, I don't know. But, but she but also I, did the ultra. Piece. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that, 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 that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it, no, it doesn't really uh, make sense. Uh, like, how does she uh, do that? Like, honestly, how yeah. does she do that? I mean, <laughs> I think, think. Uh, like uh, she's a uh, well, a kind of a, a athlete that's 
just as a it will as a stick to one pace and just keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep going, and and uh, she can probably just go like forever, and it, it doesn't matter if it's uh, it's uh, multiple days. Tell me if I'm wrong. She knows her limits, doesn't she? Like she knows if she pushes too much, she's yeah, going to exactly. blow up. So she, she must be knowing her body threshold. Yeah, yeah. But she's not exactly amazing on obstacles. She just does them. Do you know what I mean? She's not fast. She's just no, very yeah. good at doing I, I don't think she has to be fast on the obstacles. But Nico, tell me if I'm wrong. I've read that uh, when it comes to ultra endurance, that is where the gap between men's yeah. and women's performance starts to close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Like if we go in, like the, the longer distance we go, the, the, I mean, we eventually, I think some some guys said, I'm, I have very limited uh, mm. uh, um references yeah. here um yeah. but uh, that at some point women will outrun men yeah uh, well, it's a matter of of, of the uh, depth uh, like the depth in the field like if there's enough of like uh, top competitors mm. in the, in the women's and the men's fields uh they well they could dominate at a like yeah. ultra race mm. uh, there is some explanations uh one of them is uh women have like uh, less muscle mass and they mm. like recover pressure or don't get that uh like uh will uh will uh, that much uh will uh, that m- uh, much um muscle damage and they repel themselves uh, faster mm-hmm. uh that's one of the explanations i know yeah. it's the only thing i've heard so but if you also look how she lives as well she lives on fruit and veg they don't eat any meat no food yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is just fruit and veg so that's pretty impressive yeah, but more and more athletes coming up with the fruit and veg, uh, like vegan, vegetarian kind of solution. Sorry, Luke, you were saying. No, no, I was just going to say about uh, Courtney DeWalter. She's backing up that ultra distance kind of females taking over. She yeah. is dominant in the ultra field, even winning overall races, mm. beating men by hours by some races. And that's kind of a good person to look at and see that yeah. as the race goes longer, Females are coming into their own and outright winning most, well, quite a lot of the events. It's, it's super impressive. Actually, uh, uh, Ulrike Evenson, who has done incredibly well at her last three races without having success, with, but she did well, but she mm. just had a few like things not work out in the end. She's the Danish like ultra OCR athlete. Like, she yeah. did a world's toughest mother, then she had a very, very long injury, but she's hopefully coming back for Spartan. But she's training for the 24-hour events, and she's up there making her name like okay. quite. She's doing well, even amongst like Rhea, Lindsay, and and the big names. Uh, was, uh, two years uh, ago, at, um, Europe's toughest mother in the UK. Yeah, she dominated. <laughs> My one memory of Eric is, um, I think it was like three o'clock in the morning. It was freezing. I was running. I think I was on like 30 miles or something, or maybe 25 at that point. And I'm just going down this muddy thing, going into an obstacle, and somebody absolutely shoots past me. And I was like, who is that? And about five foot four, five foot five. Yeah, she's small. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's got a lap leader top on. I was like, oh, it must be the lead woman. And she is still going, absolutely steaming off. And <laughs> she ended up winning that event, and then um she blew up in... um Toughest Mother community. I think she was on the world, uh, World's Toughest podcast, and they were saying that she's going to go to World's Toughest Mother, do a good thing, and yeah, then I yeah. an injury. But that was my one um, one memory of seeing her at a race, just steaming past at three a.m. in the morning. And and oh, that's it. actually 
that's what we thought Ulrika was really damn good at. Like those, like keep going for eight, 12, 24 hours. But she has proven at the OCR Series World Finals and at the, all the events at the European Champs that she's crushing it with just like speed and also, of course, capacity and obstacles. We're, um, we're chatting to her, so I hope we'll have her on very time soon. Hopefully. You guys should. And um, I think she, she's an interesting phenomenon. She had a, I think, 15-minute lead coming into the fourth last obstacle at the 15K European Champs. 15 minute lead and Karen Carlson, Eva Matilda, and all like they were all there. Yeah. Um, it was pretty amazing. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Damn. So well let's, uh, let's take it to the European champs then. Yeah. So let's chat to you about Poland. Um, let's delve into the 3K race first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the champ. It was not 3K. First of all, it was not. (laughs) It was like 3 plus 3. It was was (laughs) 6.3K. So it suits you. It suits you, Leon. To go a bit further, maybe you become an endurance beast. Is that running? No, I I mean, uh, (laughs) my total running time was uh, 41 minutes and something, and my average heart rate was 183. I don't like to spend that much time feeling (laughs) much like shit. Not 183. I don't oh. mind doing it for 25 minutes ish, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was uh, that was absolutely insane. They, um, I think it was super cool. Uh, it was a super cool race, a bit more balanced than Esbjerg, where there were a lot of like super crazy obstacles, like slaughtering people in the end. Actually, most of the race was wasn't too crazy. It was mainly the finish with the long combo. So Poland had decided to take out all combo obstacles, like. Uh-huh. With, Basically, obstacles yeah. with sections. Long combo, yeah. Long combos. Yeah. They still had like smaller ones, but like those uh, 30 to 70 meter obstacles, brick based, they took out those things. And I, I, I don't think it's a bad call. So, um, but when I, um, I got real nervous about three days before the short course, because uh, that's when I saw the list uh, for the people starting. And, um, um, I, I knew that John and Albert and so on, they, they would be at the Dolomites. Um, and I knew that it would change the game. Uh, but looking down the list, I still saw amazing athletes and specifically Sergei Selin from Russia. He, he had me peeing my pants, to, you know, just a little bit. Uh, enough so that you could feel it, but just a little bit. Um, three days in advance. And I actually, I, I normally never have issues before any race. I feel very good i'm just excited to get going but this year i, I got nervous um uh i i'd gotten i know people mean well when they're like oh of course you're gonna win and what ifs uh but i could actually i, I felt a lot of pressure and uh, I, I was giving myself a lot of pressure as well and with the course being now almost twice the length and uh, I the obstacles being easier, which I think was a good thing. I really think it's a good thing to 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 have made those obstacles a bit more manageable. I went into the race knowing that we're back to scratch one, like base one. Anything can happen right now. And I looked around; everybody was super hungry for going hard. I mean, uh, Jesse from England wearing the UK split shorts. He looked super chill. Like he looked very chill. Um, so um, sure. But like the guys around me, I was like trying to be like, yeah, let's go, let's go. And none of, none of them were like feeling any happiness. They were just out there <laughs> to, I think, basically kill me and, and, and everyone else. 
Um, so did you know? Did you know how long it was going to be pre the race, or was yeah. that lap? Yeah. So you knew you knew it's going to be slightly longer. I knew it would be around six k because um, I'd run some of the route in, in the forest to get come to get more familiar with the hills because yeah. I knew there would be elevation as well, and the elevation wasn't bad. It's just the distribution of elevation is the relevant part. So I wanted to know where would this st- uh, steep hills be and when would I have to do like some kind of hike, where could I push with the running and so on. So I, I had checked out a little bit of the course um, uh, a, a day or two in advance and I knew we were looking at at least six-ish kilometers um, and with uh, obstacles spread out a lot more. I think the, the course would still have been amazing if they had cut out some of the running parts and, and kept like the short distance theme. but you don't complain about that before the race. You, sh- you show up, you see what's going to happen, and that's what you got to work with. And, and I feel comfortable working with those things. It's just, I'm, I'll be 100% honest, I didn't think I could win. I, I got in the starting line, I looked around, and I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is another race of going all out and seeing what's going to happen during the race. Um, so we all went out hard, way too hard. Like, um, it was a mess. Like the beginning of the race was a huge mess. It was a 40 meter all out sprint for most people. I tried to keep my, it was hard because uh, then we had hurdles like over, under, over, under and a huge A-frame. And like, if you weren't kind of in the pack, you would just get killed by feet, like rolling over your face down the A-frame and you would maybe be left behind in some kind of waiting la- lane behind uh, the monkey bar, which would be the fourth or fifth obstacle. So you had to push hard from the beginning and it's as if people didn't know that six something kilometers with obstacles in the forest is going to take longer than any of the participants 10k personal best so you have to run it as if you're running like a 12 13k road race that's kind of the intensity you're looking for if you want to have control i was aiming for it and totally missed it i went out Balls out way too hard, like with everybody else. I thought I had it in control because I was going a bit slower than the rest, but they were going so hard, I was still pushing it. What pace are we talking about? Um, I didn't look at my pace. I looked at my heart rate, and after 400 meters, it was spiking up, and I was like, oh, shit. this is." I knew at that point this was going to be a question of who can handle the most suffering and still complete obstacles well. Which is going to be you, surely. Well, um, well, uh, yes, some of them. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first obstacle? Can you remember the first obstacle? The first obstacles were the over-unders and the A-frame and then over the hill, run through tires, do a monkey bar, and then that's when the race began. Like After that, you had even out things. Just and I actually came in around fourth or fifth place after the monkey bars because um, people were a little bit slow. It was a pretty long monkey bar. I love monkey bars. I think... With some of the European races, we're trying to get really like crazy with the rig stuff. Like you got to do like really weird things, yeah, like the basics. Yeah, like get back to the basics. I love the monkey bars. They don't have to be so fancy. Like all of a sudden, everybody's like hanging around in rings and dildos instead. I don't know. People want to be crazy, do weird things. <laughs> like I just, I love the basics. <laughs> and that monkey bar, it was once again proven that obstacle efficiency with the basics still wins. Yeah. Like yeah. So, Leon, the start of the race, was it a time trialed or was it a mass start? Uh, we had three or four heats of uh, of men going off. I checked out names on second, third and fourth heat as well. Um, and none of them have popped out. Like some, some I, I guess there's always new people. You don't know yeah. who could crush it. But 
I, I starting it, I figured the first one to cross the finish line would win. I didn't expect anyone to come from the second heat and, and overtake any of us. And how many people were in your heat? I think 40 people. Oh, wow. So big heats then. It's a big heat. Yeah, real big heats. For, yeah. um, if you're but, saying that over, if it was a wall over, under, over, under, that's quite a lot for 40 people to get through. So yeah. you're fine. And, um, you know, normally when you do hurdles, you want to be pretty low, close to the beam. So you don't like get over, use too much energy. Mm. No choice. You just had to stick to a lane, use 40 centimeters of the board <laughs> and get over that little thing. Yeah. Um, and no, it, it was good fun. I had a couple of big Russian and Belarus guys uh, almost shovel me down the, the A-frame. <laughs> but then we got into the hills and the race really began. And yeah. that's when I tried to calm everything down and think, uh, like Nicola did with the beast yesterday, just keep in mind that anything can happen and it's okay mm-hmm. for people to overtake me uh, on a hill or something like this. It, it's yeah. fine. In the beginning of the race. In the beginning, it's fine. I mean, we're not even back to the event area, and that would hardly even be halfway. So, like, we're only maybe one-tenth into the race, and that's when I start to find my pace and leave out the rest of the competition. Uh, I just knew that my pace had to be at the level where I was suffering enough to feel like it was an all-out effort, but not enough to crash halfway through and maybe do something dumb on an obstacle. so it was okay. I came into, uh, there was a little obstacle gauntlet uh, about one and a half, 2K into the race. Mm-hmm. I came in around fourth or fifth, um, still keeping somewhat, I mean, everybody were pretty close at this point. So I could see in the videos, Nicola posted that I got into um, the rings after the, there was a big lo- uh, big uh, carry with sandbag carry. Um, I think it was nice to have a carry in the short race as well. Uh, they hadn't had a carry in Esbjerg, and I think carries are, I mean, I'm no good at it. I don't love it, but it's part of OCR. So I yeah. was very happy to have one tenth of the course, 600 meters, be a carry. So I think that's that was a pretty that good was, decision. Was pretty long uphill. Plus, yeah, pretty uh, long uphill. Pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. I had some uh, some of the big um, like guys overtake me there, and then I, I ran past them on the downhill, came out around fifth, into the rings, and that's where I see on the video afterwards that I hit the rings and then just five to ten more people like right into the rings as well. So at this point, we're actually super close. Celine is taking the lead. He has about 15 seconds lead after 2K mm-hmm. uh, in front of me. Then there's two guys that I'm pretty close to, and then there's just a bunch of dudes right on my tail. And I'm running next side by side with Anton Sustelev from Russia. Um and I know Anton, I've seen him at races for the past many years at championship events. He, he's a beast. Like he can mm-hmm. run, uh, he can run fast and for a long time. So I knew he would be a definite, uh, a definite contender as well. Um, so getting back to the area, we got through like a, a heist. We got through like, um, it's called North Pole. It's a thing with ropes and anchors. It's, it's a rig uh, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And into the main event area again. Um, which had uh, two obstacles and then a third obstacle, which was high walls getting out of the race. And at those high walls, I was um, I had to wait a little bit because two guys in front of me uh, were doing it synchronized and I, there was no room, which turned out to being really nice because I needed just like those couple more seconds to mm-hmm. take a breath be- before every wall. So it left me a little bit further behind ceiling than I wanted to be for the next part out in the forest. But that was fine. I mean, that was okay. I knew that the race would not be won on those stairs with another three something to go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the last three kilometers were just, wow, they were longer running pieces now, like longer pieces without obstacles, more basic obstacles like iris table, net crawl, uh, like high walls and a rope climb. And um, yeah, I think um, the race was just like painful there. Um, I overtook um, absolutely no one and no one overtook me. Wait, one guy overtook me on a hill and then I overtook him on a rig just after that. So uh, that kind of evened out, but that was within a hundred meters. So those three K or two K before getting back to the area, they were just um, painful, but um, rhythmical, you know, you're just running your own race, very rhythmical at this point. And I'm getting a couple of updates like ceiling is building the lead, but I'm staying pretty close to third and second place. At this point, I'm waiting to get at, I'm waiting to get at second place. That's my goal at this point in the race. I'm like, catching ceiling is going to be super tough. Like something had to happen. But the two guys in front of me, I could see, you know, when you see people in front of you and they have like a really shitty running technique and bad form. They start looking behind you as well like that. Yeah. I was looking at them. I was like, all right, I can get this. I just need, I knew what kind of obstacles were coming, like the weaver and, uh, there would be like uh, skulls, like uh, a bison race version of skulls. And I figured I, I could get those guys around there. Um, but Celine, I knew it would be hard. And at that moment, I felt the rain. Uh, I felt rain coming through uh, the forest and the trees. And no joke, that made me so happy. Because hmm. um, I know what happens to uh, Polish uh, rigs made of metal when it starts raining. Yeah, they get real slippery, real fast. Um, and I mean, uh, that's not a bad thing when you're me. Uh, it's a bad thing when you're not me, I guess, because I was feeling super confident with what's gonna happen, and I knew, um, I knew it would be a little bit more difficult for the other guys. Plus, I had seen Celine wear gloves. I'd seen him bring gloves for the short course, and just gardening gloves. And I was like, well, that's a sign that you don't trust your grip all that much and so i was really betting that that would make a difference and um yeah five seven minutes later i'm standing side by side with ceiling having overtaken second and third by the balance beam i didn't expect the balance beam to be an issue but it got wet and it was super like put his gloves on his shoes (laughs) (laughs) later that day a lot of people took off their shoes to to see if they could make that happen um no he got over the balance beam uh i think one or two tries before I did. I had a couple of issues as well. It was really slippery. It was actually super tough. What shoe choice do you have on? The Innovate 190s? Uh, I never had the 190s. They were before my time. I saw the 220s, sorry, or 210s. The 210s, the orange ones. The orange, sorry, yeah, yeah. Most people were racing in the 210s, and I, I totally get it. Time, you were definitely born there because I had them. Dude, the, the 210s are just for, for obstacle racing when you need the speed. Mm. Like if you don't, you just when you just need speed and you need shoes that can drain water and just get that grip right away. The two tens are just, and I saw most people wearing them, which was uh, pretty exciting for me because, um, because I think the shoe is the best shoe. So it's nice to have other people who are, uh, pretty dominant in the elite field also prefer that shoe. So mm. for sure, that's uh, that was awesome. I'm not sure what Ceiling was wearing. I think he's sponsored by Reebok, so probably one of their shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably still have some OCR collections from uh, the Spartan time. Um, but yeah, we did a rig. Ceiling failed. I did it. 
then he catched up with me again, caught up with me again for the next, the fourth last obstacle, which was pretty crazy. You guys would have liked this. It's a hamster wheel thingy mm. straight into a double flying monkey. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Which was, uh, I think that was one of the crazier obstacles because you needed strength and you needed, uh, you needed good technique. Like if you don't have technique for the flying monkey, you're going to wear out your grip immediately because then you need like three to five swings to get the proper move. Like if you have good technique, good form, you just get one swing, you're done. Uh, you can make the jump. You don't have that much of a requirement for your forearms. Um, but I was suffering at this point. I actually had to uh, chicken wing on top of the um, highest uh, mon- uh, flying monkey bar and um, and do a trick I, I learned by a parkour guy where when you're hanging on top of the bar, like if you made a muscle up, you're on top of the bar, yeah. you can kick your legs out and straighten your arms. You get like a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And I did that just from hanging in my armpits, and it was enough speed to get to uh, the last flying monkey, which was lucky for me. Um, and I thought I had ceiling pretty well covered here until I ran up the third last obstacle. It was a ramp and slipped. I just couldn't get a grip of the rope, and I was just sliding down the, ra- uh, the ramp, suffering, looking at ceiling, this huge Russian bear. Um, his vocabulary in English is about one or two words like we couldn't communicate we just had that look gave each other a low five both waited a a little bit of a uh, just waited a couple of seconds and then I rushed to the ramp before he did we both got up like with maybe a couple of seconds uh, next to each other and then it was just dead on racing through the last two obstacles and um, I think I come out with a 17 second lead so it was much closer than Espia where the obstacles had eliminated quite a bit of the competition. Yeah. Um, so I think this race was really damn good. Like the police had done an amazing job. Uh, I'm hoping that the Italians are going to um, look at the word short before course and then, um, and then redo uh, the distance. Cause I think, I think you'll get short, but I think you'll get up. I think I, I might get a little bit of altitude as well, but I've heard rumors that uh, it will not be crazy for the short course nah, okay. in Italy. Because uh, it's also hard. 15K, you just have to go up. No, 3K, you just want to squeeze in a, a bunch of obstacles and then um, and then get the most out of that part. I think it's um, that's going to be really interesting in Italy. But yeah, I'm prepping now. I'm running around. I'll be in Italy in uh, in a couple of days. So nice. prepping for it for sure. So, coming back to Pedro, what was your favourite obstacle, Leon, in the 3K? Mm. I know you probably what, was the, what was kind of like the toughest one or the one that you managed to make up the most ground on? I think the flying monkey part was the one I made up the most time because uh, I, I feel confident on the wheel and I don't need a lot of swings for the flying monkey. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I'm almost at the point where I want to say my favourite obstacle was just the long monkey bars. I'm just so happy they brought in just normal monkey bars. That was how long were the monkey bars? Like how long are we talking? Like nuclear. 15, 20 meters, I think. Oh, okay. So quite a distance. Quite okay. a distance. No, I don't know. There were some really cool rigs. I love everything that Barbarian Race does. So whatever they build is amazing. Like they had a two rigs on the course and one for the finals as well. I, I advised uh, the organizers when we were in Poland, Luke, I advised the organizers not to bring in the barbarian obstacle called um, Fatality. Uh, and that is the uh, obstacle they brought in for the final obstacle at the uh, Euros. It's the one with the, with, the, uh, yeah. with the rings and then the net and then the... Um, and then the pecs. Yeah. 
pegs. Yeah, everyone was struggling with pegs, weren't they? Yeah, it's I advised against it because I, I, I honestly think it's, it's really demanding with the pegs. Yeah. And if you've never done it before, you don't have the technique. And your grip is not going to allow you to get the technique on the spot. But they brought it, they flipped it around, changed it up a little bit. But I think it still turned out to being very defining, that obstacle. Of course, it's in the end, everybody's tired. And um, to get into Nikolai's race uh, on the standard course, it, that obstacle turned out to being a critical turning point for him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to say that was my favorite obstacle because I don't think it was. But uh, otherwise, the Barbarian rigs are always fun. Uh, I loved the, everything about the course. Uh, otherwise, I mean, the distance was a bit long. And uh, that's that's I guess that's the only thing. It was a good challenge. It was good to have everything. like It's like playing bingo. You don't know what you get. Like You just go there and then see what happens. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. And Liam, what, what's it actually feel like to cross that line, know you've won? Like how, to explain on a podcast, I know it's difficult, but that feeling of crossing that line. Because I've seen the video where the guy is shouting your name and it's just mm-hmm. like... Mm. Do you want to cry? Do you want to scream? Unreal, uh, unreal. I wanted, I wanted to call my mom and girlfriend so bad. Uh, I just, I at first I had like ten seconds of of just like being on my knees and elbows, and then I had to get out like a lot of emotion. And I hugged Nikolai like I never hugged him before. Like, yeah, this is the thing, man. It's, it's just, it's, it's surreal. Like I didn't. I didn't expect it to happen at some point. You know, when you expect it to happen, it happens and you're kind of like, oh, well, now it happened. Yeah. For me, it was just hardly even something I dared to dream happened before the race. So I tried to tell people like, they were like, oh, how do you feel? I'm like, wow, I'm so amazed. I didn't expect this to happen. They were like, oh, of course you did. You won an Esprit. I was like, it's a different race, buddy. It's yeah. uh, It was totally different and, and it's just hard to say. Um, and I mean things would have been different if, if Spartan hadn't done their Europeans the same weekend. Cause I know, I know sp- specifically Perlik and Sergei would have done amazingly well at this course. Cause he is a monster on the obstacles as well. And of course, John. And of course, John, I think uh, if John had known that the obstacles were like the way they were, cause when you looked at the map, it was, it looked crazier than it was in reality. So I think John, when we were, running in inverted commas up a mountain he told me that if any other obstacle course has salmon ladder and he's never doing it ever again oh geez <laughs> yeah he said that to me he said i hate the salmon ladder it's not an obstacle it's not an obstacle no <laughs> the, thing, the thing is i agree uh, i think uh, um salmon ladder is an exercise mm. and and that's not necessarily what i define as uh, as an obstacle which is why i'm a little bit frustrated with the americans from inventing a new and i'm being this off the go uh, for the stadium events, which is just like burpees with shit. Like you're just doing burpees with something. Now that's an obstacle to do even more of an exercise to do burpees with like a heavy bar. Have you guys seen that from the stadium stuff? The Ram. Yeah. The Ram. Ram, That's not an obstacle guys. It's an exercise. Um, So now we, I mean, there's a thing for this. It's called combine OCR. It's a OCR combined with other things like TMX. Yeah. Put in exercises, do it for sure. It's just I don't agree with it. Uh, that's the, uh, I think moving things and moving yourself through things are hmm. obstacles. Hmm. I think um, with the stadium races, they've got this kind of CrossFit OCR style thing going as well. They, they've done box jumps before. They've done skipping, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. step ups. They've done a lot of more exercises. And they're mm. using them as obstacles. So it's a, it's a bit of a weird kind of 
multitude of exercises and obstacles they're throwing in. Mm. Uh, and I think it's cool. It's a, it's a combined event, uh, and I agree. It's just I'm a little nitty-picky on the definitions. And, like, uh, what's an exercise? What's an obstacle? What, what's whatever? Is uh, So... Um, and I, I think salmon ladder is also an exercise and it's a little bit dumb of me to say that I don't think it should be at like these events because I'm pretty good at it. Um, like with the Ninja Warrior stuff background. Um, but I think it's also a little bit funky to have it there as an obstacle because you can attack the exact same muscle groups with another type of obstacle. Like, uh, Stairway to Heaven is kind of the same strength you need. Hmm. the one thing with salmon ladder is you're going to need a lot of them for it to be viable as a obstacle where you wouldn't have to queue so much i know Mm -hmm. when we did the barbarian race in poland there was only like three lanes with salmon ladders Mm -hmm. maybe four um and i know after a while people came to it and there was somebody in front and they had to wait and it just kind of breaks the whole thing of being able to Mm -hmm. hit an obstacle and complete it but Going back to the 3K, I think one of the best things that came out of it was Nikolai's um, commentary on your race. <laughs> the amount of people that have said... The amount of people that. that said to us about it was hilarious. They were like, did you see Nikolai's commentary on it? I was yes. like, I watched it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is yeah. one of the best things. Please tell me you've still got that as a video somewhere. Right there on my Instagram in the highlights because that... Yes. That was, um, I mean, that was yeah. my second best experience in Poland. That was rewatching <laughs> Nikolai's coverage. That was. So is it is it on your highlights, Leon? Yeah. Right. So everyone, go on to uh, Leon's Instagram and search the highlights. You have to see if you haven't. It is the yeah. best thing. Nikolai basically was, loses his mind. Actually, um, also it was really really fun to just uh, run with him and just uh, try to follow him because it was really really entertaining. It was like. Yeah. But watching like a very like a yeah well as a dramatic uh, well as a soccer match or something like that it's just mm. I was I was really into it and it's just whoa and it was also it's, it's like a combination of of of, of well uh, how how the race went because I, I didn't believe he was going to win. Well, as uh, <laughs> was dominating, he was just ah oh, he is way too far of him. He's way too far. And and it was just uh, it was just really a, a good experience uh, to watch like him just overtaking him uh, in the final kilometer at the final obstacles there it was it was uh, it was like a really really uh, cool and I was and there was while I was uh, talking like I was talking on the, on the <laughs> I was just because I was surprised and I was. Uh, well, just really into it, and I was just, oh. at the same time, I was uh, trying to cheer on him too. So it, it was, it was amazing. amazing. Yeah. I remember this one thing Nikolai was yelling, he was like, This is exciting! <laughs> <laughs> one thing got me, I was like, This yeah. is <laughs> No, that was beautiful. And I, I like, think that's why obstacle racing at some point is going to be like a, a super interesting a, a sport to watch on TV. Uh, especially the shorter course setup, like it's manageable if you, you sit down and watch a like a, a match or a game, a race mm. that's a twenty to thirty minutes, and and because you get with the obstacles like they're put at European champs or Scandinavian events like toughest, mm-hmm. um, or a reborn in Denmark, you could you you constantly have the risk of someone doing the slightest mistake or 
as someone being a little bit faster. So you, you, you have that swap around all the time. Mm. And I feel in, in, uh, in road racing, it's, it's kind of given halfway through, like what's like somewhat given what's going to happen. It's because it, it, people are so good at knowing their bodies. I think track racing is different. I love watching track. Um, uh, it's just anything can happen on the oval. <laughs> so people can burn out and then you have like this. Same with bike racing. People say to me, why do you love the Tour de France? But I like the idea that not always the fastest bike rider will win the race. Mm-hmm. You can have crashes, you can have sprinters, you can have all these different options. It's the same with OCR. And it's interesting to what Nikolai said from the Beast in uh, Morzine. You know, not going out too hard. It's a long race. Yeah. Even, in, even in a short course race, anything yeah. can happen. Anything can happen. This is why I love Spartan so much. And everyone says, oh, why well, are you such a Spartan racer? But I always get in a race and I say, for instance, I see Luke go off or I see Jesse in the pants go off. I just have to say to myself, it's a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get caught up in that. I've got to chase him down. I've got to prove I'm better than him. Because nine times out of ten, you're seeing them in, in four miles and you're all going through the same yeah. time anyway, you know. Mm. And when me and yeah. Luke had this, definitely last year, less so this year, but last year at Morzine on the Beast, we saw each other pretty much every five, ten minutes. It was weird. There's thousands of people there, but yeah, every time I looked up, there was Luke there, and it was like, how weird is this? You know, like, how can we be possibly racing together? <laughs> you know? And I think that's when it becomes fun, because when I was racing Spartan in 2017, I didn't have a lot of fun. I did a Super in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, uh, I mean, I loved the time in Spain. It's it nice to be there with the mountains and stuff and the warm weather and the good food, blah, 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 blah. But the race itself, I was not entertained. I was just running 13Ks by myself, finishing fourth or fifth. And it was, it was, it was a rather lonely experience. Mm. And so when Nicola and I were looking into racing in, a, in America earlier this year, I was really keen on doing a savage race or something like this, which would be a new experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came up doing all uh, a couple of Spartan events instead. And we were both a little bit like, oh, how is this actually going to be? Um, but we had an amazing time because of the competition. Yeah. Like yeah. If, if the field is hot enough and people are around your fitness level, yeah. you have fun. Like, it's exciting. It's then really it's exciting because you're, now you're just racing. And I mean, it would be equally as exciting to race uh, VJ and Kent and, 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 and so on. On a trail race, just any trail race would be also super interesting or a Spartan race or any other OCR event because you got that interesting competition where anything can happen and you're swapping positions. So mm-hmm. I think um, as long as the level of fitness uh, from the contenders are somewhere – now we're getting to a level where generally if you go to a competitive OCR event anywhere, you have a high level of, of uh, competitive uh, level uh, fitness levels between yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the contenders. So. Yeah, for sure. I think that's interesting. And um, going back to Poland, one thing was coming out in England was uh, you didn't experience this, Leon. Um, don't know if you did, Nikolai, in the 15K, was the queues. Did you experience or see a lot of queues when you were there? Not in, not in our race, but uh, I, I saw some uh, later in the yeah. race, uh, well, primarily around the skulls because it had only four or yeah. five lanes. Uh, yeah, but I was also watching uh, all the age groups afterwards, and I don't. Uh, well, when there was queues, it was when people was tired. And actually, I was at, at, at the obstacles where if you wanted to go right into the obstacle, it was well as a well it was um it was possible because a lot of people were just waiting 
because the arms were dead. <laughs> so yeah, but, um, they didn't mind to like um, m- move and give you space. But I don't think it was a problem actually, because uh, uh, the only problem was people was tight and having retries, but they didn't yeah. mind to wait a couple of extra seconds or yeah. Mm. So given the fact that it's a championship race, what are your thoughts on obviously the band system? But maybe to take away cues later on in the race, if somebody loses their band, they come out of the race. Instead of you lose your band, but you can continue, and maybe then you're queuing at another obstacle, another obstacle, because you're tired. That's going to cause a lot of uproar, though, isn't it? Because people are going to say they've spent the money, they want to do the race. It's... I just want to see what um, what you guys would think, if that would be a viable... You think that may be a viable option for the future of the banded yeah. kind of championship event. Yeah. Well, uh, a good uh, solution I've been seeing is at the uh, OCR series in uh, Holland and Belgium and Germany. Uh, they, they have the system where they got like a tape I, it will, will, will uh, tape, it will type A obstacles that you have to complete. Uh, they don't have a wristband, but we have a, uh, they, uh, they have a West and, mm. and, and they uh, take your vest, um, and then when you're out of the elite race, if you can't uh, complete like the uh, the type A obstacles, then then mm-hmm. there's like uh, like uh, uh, basics with the rings and the monkey bars and walls and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and then they have the type B obstacles where it's they're a little bit more technical. Um, and uh, some of them are a lot more uh, technical, and and then you can do penalties, and it's all different uh, penalties. It's not only burpees; it's like all all kind of of different uh, well, uh, things you have to do for one minute or two minutes. Mm-hmm. But it depends, and you have to do a, a an exercise. Yeah, uh, it can be uh, by a by a bell ropes or burpees or some uh, by a carry or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's a good mix of everything. Um, but that race also has only yeah. one try obstacles, right? So if you if you do you do Lorik, okay. Oh, you can do. So if you fail the yeah. Lorik, you can try it again. Yeah, all the uh, t- uh, type A obstacles uh, you can retry, and all the uh, okay for your type B obstacles uh, we only have one try. Yeah. Okay. But if then if you can't do them, you get your vest taken off. You basically then you can't finish as an elite effectively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you can. So you can st- uh, still finish if you just do the penalty at the uh, type B. Yeah, right, okay. You and better stay away from that. You know, it's got exercise, isn't it? You won't like that, mate. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to yeah, get rid of it. Yeah. It's penalties. Mm-hmm. I think OCR series looks a hell of a lot of fun. I'd love to do it. It's just 19k, and uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do that. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Let's talk about the 15k then. So day after the 3k you both went out and did the 15k event um how did that differ was it just a lot more running or a lot more obstacles did they get more technical with the obstacles What's the difference uh we will uh, we had the same uh we had the same uh well by a short course uh loop uh, we actually we did start with the short course uh, the first part of the loop right we basically yeah, yeah. ran the short course with only like Two obstacle, no, one obstacle changed, which was uh, low to high rig yeah. became high to low rig. So we just did it the other way around. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it was a very short, like 
rig. It was like five rings on top and then uh, like maybe five, six grips and on the low. So it was, it was a rather short one. That was the only change, like, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, then we did like the standard course big loop. Uh, and actually, I think uh, they were good at like placing well, well, obstacles and also technical obstacles all, all along the route. Of course, there are some uh, long uh, running uh, sections there, put uh, out there in the hills. Uh, we had a lot of hills at mm. the end of course. Uh, it was like uh, 500 meters of altitude gain, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Uh, but I think, uh, I, well, I think the uh, the obstacles was really well distributed. Uh, a lot different also from HBR. Um, Last year mm. it was like a very concentrated at the end, and now it's what what was way more. Uh, oh yeah, uh, all over the route. I think. Yeah, I think uh, Nikolai, we both talk about like uh, on the last loop of the 15, 15 or sixteen k route, uh, there were a couple of long running pieces, mm-hmm. like 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 so long that even Nikolai he came up and he was like, even I thought that was a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he normally doesn't say stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so there were some times where there were you had to go quite a distance, but then when you came to the obstacles, they were super interesting too. So uh, I think they used the terrain really well. It was very demanding to do the hills. Um, it was a lot of power hiking up and trying to survive on the downhill. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the good part was they also had some difficult obstacles out in the forest. They did. Yeah, yeah. They had some a skitch like really 3.0 Polish version uh, in the forest. Yeah. So at the skitch 2.0 at Worlds, you had to um, skitch, 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 do one like switch in the middle yeah. where like, uh, there was a couple of changes or something, and then you wrapped it up. Here you had to do three changes. Like, oh. And that was quite demanding. But they had changed. They had uh, rebuilt the Force 5 uh, grips and added like a ball underneath. Oh, so you okay. had a little bit of like, little bit of stuff. You- no, you could, I think for that distance of sketch, it, 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 it was still pretty it tough. Still like a, yeah. a lot of guys actually had issues there. They, yeah. should, they should put them in buckets of ice before. That would be yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> but like cones, that would be even better. Yeah. 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 So what was the hardest obstacle on the 15K then? Uh, was it one of the new ones or was it still kind of uh, the one from the 3K? Uh, yeah, well, I think, uh, well, of course, I should probably say the pickboard, but I think it was because I was really damn tired. Uh, yes. I think the hardest one was one the rotating... Uh, nunchucks. Nunchucks. <laughs> that was crazy. crazy. <laughs> it was really long, really hard, and I have to, I had to uh, jump to the bell uh, to catch it because I well I couldn't do like all grips it was uh, just too demanding. So what was that rig rotating nunchucks? Yeah, uh, how do you explain it? Uh, I think uh, so. It was a uh, it was like <laughs> yeah. an obstacle gauntlet uh, that came with four obstacles uh, like right in in right next to each other. One was a very long dip walk, which was uh, mildly confusing because they had changed how to do it from the video explained, which was that was a little bit annoying. Like. You got to stick to the, what you do because in obstacle racing, there's always like this discourse, like how can you do things and what's allowed, what's not allowed, blah, 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 blah. And it should be simple. And that, that part was not simple, but it was a cool obstacle. Then we get into the nunchuck things, which was a um, three, three meter like a, a monkey bar. Yeah. And then you got into the three meter 
rotating nunchuck. So yeah. it's a long metal beam from which you had nunchucks sticking out, kind of like the Spartan race twister. Yeah. Okay. Just a lot more. So it would rotate like twister ro rotates the grip. Mm -hmm. It would rotate and you were, it was really hard because it was, it's just harder to hold than a nunchuck. Yeah. And yeah. also you didn't want your head smashed from the other nunchuck of metal like turning. So getting it was tough. And that's actually where I met Celine yeah. when I came I, through. Can I, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. in my race, I actually had a really good time there because I was having a hard time on, on obstacles, but I, I managed to do it in my first try and I was overtaking Celine and I knew Celine was one of the top contenders of the stunner because I was thinking, I'm back in the race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just, okay, I can do that. At that point, I was uh, ranked uh, three or four, I think, yeah. Mm. And, I was, uh, and we still need, uh, we still had like uh, four or three kilometers left. So. Was it was it your girlfriend doing the filming, Nikolai, or a friend of yours? Yeah, as well? yeah it was your it girlfriend. Was my girlfriend, Helena. Yeah. yeah, I was watching that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good fun to watch again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually running with me almost hold the course. So that oh, was yeah, I remember it saying, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then she ran her own race afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she did the, the standard course right after. Damn. The same course. <laughs> so it was, yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. She learned what to do and not what to do, but it sounds Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really, really great. Was, this point, was it raining as well? Was it quite warm? What was the weather like? It was warm. Uh, warm, yeah. It was warm, yeah, so warm, yeah. warm and dry, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty worse because then you sweat. And actually, I think sweat's worse than like water because sweat yeah, it can be. It can be. go yeah. away, does it? Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Um, on the nunchucks, it, most of the sweat had gone on the dip walk because you had used your hands so much. So it was kind of dry. Also, there was grass. You could have dried your hands with the grass. Right. If it had been raining, I think most people would not have gotten through the rotating nunchucks. No. And, it was just, and that was followed by the salmon ladder. Which um kind of uh, hysterically funny compared to what I said about my salmon ladder skills before I failed, uh, which was beautiful. Um, <laughs> one of the bars was uh, it was pretty skinny and it was also not very long, so I had I, I had like less than a thumb on each side of the salmon ladder, and there were more salmon ladders with broader uh, beams, but we were three, four people trying to complete the obstacle at the same time. Or do the exercise, sorry, at the same time. Always uh, oh, do the exercise. <laughs> Call me out there. Um, always look at the obstacle exercise before you go in. Yeah. So I looked and there was only one left and I was like, fuck it, I'm a beast, I can do it. Um, <laughs> and I did my two first jumps and the third, I just throw the entire bar through uh, <laughs> and I just fall on my ass. And I, had, uh, I looked at Axel Mendes who... He had a short, uh, he just had a little bit of struggling on his, and I was like, can I borrow your bar? <laughs> and he was like, no, I want to do mine first. And he was like, he was doing this, and I had, then I had to do it. Um, lost a little bit of ground there, because we I was in a pack chasing a couple of guys, uh, Louis Barbet, who's Spanish, mm -hmm. and Axel Mendes, and a Polish guy as well. Um, so we were a good couple of guys looking... I don't know, 10th place, whatever it is at this point. But yeah, Nikolai, your race got interesting because then you were kind yeah. of back in the game. Yeah, I was back in the game. I was really believing I could, uh, yeah, well, I could get that podium uh, because I, I had, well, at every, almost every obstacle, I had contact with uh, the top guys there. Uh, well, uh, they were leaving the obstacles and I was getting to the obstacle. Yeah. Mm. But I had contact with them. I was just thinking, okay, yeah, I can do it. I know there's, we need a couple of kilometers and there's going to be some, 
had obstacles and I was uh, feeling really good. Uh, mm. Then uh, another guy we have mentioned before, um, Anton uh, Sulis. Yeah, he's a Russian guy. I've been raising him at all of the European champs. <laughs> we have been uh, taking right uh, really close to uh, Cornell and he was uh, right after me and actually overtaking me uh, at the, the last couple of films and then I was ranked as Thing was five, but I knew I was close to everyone, and so I was yeah. just thinking, okay, it's going to be interesting, in, really interesting at the end, and it was uh, because uh, we were all together, and I was coming. Uh, I'm just uh, we speaking a bit. Mm-hmm. We were. Um, I was doing the uh, uh, the uh, spinning no uh, hamster wheel, wheel? Like the hamster wheel, and the playing of the monkey in, in my first try. I kind of knew that was uh, going to be one of my like really hard obstacles mm-hmm. but I managed to do it so I was really happy about it because I think okay yes I'm back and I'm really close to the finish and I was just I just had to like keep going keep going and I could uh, and I uh, thought I could overtake uh, Anton and uh, the other guys in, in front of me uh, and then we were we were climbing uh, the wall and the ramp like the uh, pyramid and then we were at the stadium and we uh, we had uh, two more obstacles like uh, the uh, wobbling boats, uh, like we could have to, uh, yeah, traverse uh, some. Uh, well, yeah, like like board boards. Yeah. yeah, it was like a like kind big of, cheese. Uh, yeah, <laughs> climbing like a hanging climbing wall. You had to climb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was not uh, that hard, but it was uh, quite kind of tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so it, and then we had the last obstacle, uh, the um, oh yeah, the Baron race. Uh, the wall. What do you call it? Uh, yeah. Fatality. Yeah, and was, and uh, well, people was uh, yelling me, Nikolai, you can get third. I was fuck. I was just, <laughs> okay, shit, uh, that's uh, pretty amazing. And I was believing it. Well, it was, it was just uh, so nice to hear I could still get that podium. Uh, if I could uh, do the last obstacle in my in in my first try. Uh, so I did it. I, uh, I was I was starting with the papers and I was just trying to do it like uh, controlled. I was uh, I was uh, thinking I had enough energy, but then I was starting to uh, getting tired. Like uh, well, uh, around halfway, I was trying to swing to the bell, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, but I couldn't do it, so I fell down. <laughs> so I just ah. I, I just, watched that video. That was hard to watch. It was very emotional. It was hard. It was just ah. Oh, like this close, this close to. If I had uh, touching the bell, then I only, only needed the rings, and that what was no problem. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, well, but then then I saw the other guys. Uh, it was uh, Thomas Bueller and uh, Anton uh, uh, Anton uh, Yeah, and uh, well, Anton was having a lot of uh, trouble too. And I don't know how many tries uh, Thomas spent, but I knew he was passing it at some point, and then he got third, and I was still staying there, mm-hmm. and I had a couple of all tries but it didn't work so i just uh, okay and then and i was i was just uh, saying to myself okay now you need to rest because it's not gonna work if you just keep trying keep trying yeah. so, uh, i was just racing and i was just trying to uh, forget about the race <laughs> just okay now it's and forget about the crowd yeah, yeah. the crowd there was a lot of people there just were a lot yelling of people and cheering who knew nikolai yeah and yeah. and it seemed like everyone had really good advices there. I don't know. <laughs> it was like kind of, I was just, okay. I, it's I so tough. It's yeah. so tough to watch. Uh, 
if you're a racer or not a racer, you're you're in the sideline because you you want to do everything to help, but you're kind of yeah. helpless. Like you can't do anything, yeah. and so you you yell out things to help, and it's hard to be in there doing the obstacle because you want to have the support, but still you kind of want to be alone to yeah. do your thing. Yeah, and it feels like. Hit the bow! Hit the bow! Fucking trying! Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying! I'm doing everything I can! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And actually, I had like. You Nikolai, you did it eventually, didn't you? Yeah. Like, what, what technique was it? Was it one that you tried before or was it a completely new technique? Uh, it was kind of a new technique. I, well, I had like a three, four pile tries and I was thinking, okay, fuck it, I'm just gonna cut my band. But I was just, okay, no, 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 I'm gonna try it. <laughs> So I just had like a, a, a long break and then I was uh, doing another kind of, of a grip on the pickles. I was just doing like a, like a double, I was just squeezing uh, my uh, will, um, my fingers over my thumbs and I was just will, uh, trying to squeeze that pickboard, like really, really trying to uh, squeeze everything. It was not like a lack of... of um, um, I'm in bicep. It was it was actually my hands that was uh, the problem. I couldn't like hold hold uh, to the uh, pace, but then I was just like really just uh, squeezing everything I got. I was just like really doing everything, and then I just took like a double uh, double picks uh, and moving uh, solid. And then I was uh, having I was uh, over halfway, and I was uh, trying to fly to the bell, and I did it. I was just okay. That I didn't expect that, but I did eventually. I was there was like coming like my seventh uh, try. So yeah, you spent more than ten minutes. Yeah, more than ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty annoying. I was just okay, and, uh, and then I finished the last part. I was just uh, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> and I was just uh, yeah uh, jogging to the uh, to the finish line. Yeah, it was not. I was not very happy at that point. <laughs> no, uh, no. no, I waited there for Nikolai and then we walked off together, just had a little, like just Nikolai and Leon chat about the race. Like, cause you, it's, it, you, you have a lot of people coming over. How do you feel? Like, mm, yeah, I, I want to be alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we took a walk and that was fine. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the most painful memory I have from the weekend is coming into, to that obstacle and seeing Nicola there, I'll admit that it was just killing me. Um, mm. um, so that was, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I had fun at the standard course. I was happy I did it. I'll, I probably will never do it again. Uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, I had fun. But that last part there actually killed it for me because I was rooting for Nicola the entire way, and I was asking people on the route like where's Nikolai <laughs> like, do you know the play who's top three <laughs> um, I was hoping to get something from people um, but yeah I don't know it was um, it's just sometimes shit don't work out and that's not yeah. lack of training it's something happens on the day and, and once you fail something once it kind of gets it kind of gets in your head and it can really be there because I, I was scared of fatality before we went to Poland to get the look because mm-hmm. um, uh, when I went to Barbarian Race uh, in 2018 and I did the arrow in the finals of the arrow I was seated with the fastest or second fastest time Yeah. Uh, and then I just like the low rig broke on me which was a pretty bad start uh, <laughs> and I never finished the race I never did fatality um, oh. I, I ripped my hands really poorly uh, like really badly and um, I, I just couldn't complete it because my hands were I felt 
like I didn't have a crazy pump. My hands were just opening. Yeah. And, and the, I then talked to some of the police guys about a little bit of technique, how to avoid some of the rotation, blah, 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 blah. But I mean, I never finished. They got, they, I, they gave me third place because uh, fourth place never uh, got to fatality at that point. Mm. Um, everybody were kind of done. But I was, I was having a bit of fear from fatality because it was that tough. And that's one of the reasons I was asking, uh, I was proposing not to bring it to the race uh, <laughs> because I knew that I couldn't finish it the first time I tried it. So yeah. people need, there was a practice fatality, like pegboard thingy mm-hmm. next to the race, yeah. but it's just different when you're super fresh, you can just like, yeah. I'm not saying you can do it with just one peg, but you feel kind of like Superman. You're just like, yeah, I got this pegboard thing yeah. down, <laughs> but you can't. It's yeah. just very different at the end of the race. Yeah. Your body uh, is, just out of interest. is it, is it a doable obstacle? Just like if I, we all, yeah. Like if we were together right now and we had it in your uh, backyard, Jack, we could yeah. all go do it. Yeah, yeah. So it just is timing of the obstacle more than anything. Yeah, yeah. it was at the finish on the Barbarian race on both days, the Arrow mm-hmm. and the 15K, and I couldn't do it either days. I just found at the end, I could do the rings, I could do the net. They had the net there, they didn't have a bell, so you had to continue going. But because the fact that it's a pegboard, but the holes are all in one line. Mm-hmm. You have to be very precise with where you put yeah. the peg. Yeah, you like miss L- once and you're struggling really hard. If you've not got an L lock, and generally at the end of the race your arm is knackered and your fingers are going, if you miss, you're going to slip, or mm-hmm. you're not going to have the power to get it in the hole. Whereas generally a pegboard, you'll have two rows, and you can kind of aim for the top one and miss to get the bottom one. Yeah, because you're going to be straight arms. arms. You can yeah. still hit it with straight arms, which is, it's hard to hit this one with straight arms. Like the timing, you really need timing and practice, like on the actual obstacle. Yeah. Because also the metal that they use for the pegs is a lot smaller and you need a lot more grip on your fingers to hold them. Whereas normally a pegboard, you have a slightly larger peg that's made of wood generally. Sometimes it is metal, but they're slightly larger. As I often mm-hmm. found the fatality one was a lot smaller and it has to be very precise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really. The best yeah. technique, obviously, I've seen was yours, Leon, when you got it halfway and then you kind of fly and flew to the bell, which I'm sure yeah. Nikolai used in the race as yeah, well. Yeah, that was also what I was using. And I uh, it worked at the end, but yeah, I was just mm-hmm. spending too much time. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, let's, uh, let's fast forward real quick because uh, we've been going for a while and we're actually in Andreas's room who uh, oh. he's doing a three-hour downhill mountain biking course in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> um, we'll let him go to bed. Andreas uh, here was our third guy for the team relay. Hey, yeah. Guys. Oh. Hey, Andreas. <laughs> yeah, because uh, when they took out the mixed category, Nico and I were like, oh, shit, uh, we need a guy. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah. A Danish guy. <laughs> we need a Danish guy. And Andreas here, he's uh, he's a better runner than I am, and he's uh, he has great obstacle proficiency. Not hardly, uh, no, yeah, it's true. We did a test in a lab, so I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got his blood and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did it as a team a team building event before going to Poland. We went to a lab to do VO2 max and sub maximal running tests together. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? So how did the team event go? How did it differ from the 15k race? What were the team orientated obstacles like? Like totally, we ran about 11, 12k. Uh, distributed with Nikolai doing almost 5k of running with some technical obstacles, but with big running yep. parts. Yeah. Um, Andreas did a th- 
almost three kilometer also running piece with bricks, but with more focus on the strength. Mm-hmm. And this is where we uh, we did a little bit of fuck up here because Andreas had made up time because he, he got it as number five. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of really fast guys running with Nikolai. They all came in like boom, 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 yeah, boom. We were really close. And then uh, Andreas got it as number five. But when we see him, he's in third place. We're like, damn, dude. He did some really, really good work. Andreas also had struggles. Was it on the uh, nunchucks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He didn't like the nunchucks in standard course. So he, he had a little bit of frustration he had to get out on the team relay. Um, <laughs> which he did really well because he gets the third place. And we hadn't seen that they had put in another carry <laughs> just before the changing zone so he had left everything out there and then he had to carry this stupid chain up a hill he the first thing he does is like hit it straight to his face so he's his uh, eyebrow open and he's just gashing blood, like <laughs> all over his face down in his eye and he and he then he uh he loses a bit of time gets back in around fifth place and that's where i get it for the technical part which is uh, a bit more than 3k so i did get my short course uh, <laughs> And then that was all just uh, going crazy against the guys. We did a little bit of swapping around with positions, but everything was somewhat defined. And um, the, the running together part was really cool. Like yeah. uh, the team had to carry like a, a long wooden, pretty heavy beam. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't, or was it metal? Or like a girder, like an eye girder. So it wouldn't, wouldn't, pretty heavy wooden oh. thing. But we had talked uh, to, uh, talked about the technique. Like we had Nikola in the back of the wooden thing pushing because he had more like running power and he had a, the longest break. Mm-hmm. Andreas in front getting like the power from the beam and he had a hand in my back. Oh, so, so were you off the floor? I <laughs> 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 was just hanging in like a <laughs> like Sith from uh, <laughs> what's that thing with the mammoth and the tiger? Ice Age. Ice Age. Ice Ice Age. Age. Yeah. <laughs> Like a sloth just hanging. <laughs> no, he was pushing my back because I was. Um, we had the uh, the plan was that if I came down with a lead on the technical part, mm-hmm. we could take it. I would come down with like a little bit of energy. But if I didn't have a lead, I wouldn't have any energy left because I would have done everything I could to to catch up on the lead. So I came down totally hammered, and these guys were just pushing me all the way through like the the next couple of obstacles. Um, and it's super tight. We end up missing the podium with three seconds to the police team. So it was, it was super intense and we all like loved doing the team relay. It's yeah. such a fun event and I'm very excited to, uh, to do it again in London where yeah. we will be teaming up with Ida Matilde again for the mixed relay. There we go. So that's strong. It's going to be fun. Be. So all the, the event. Um, what did you think overall of uh, OCR Europeans in Poland? Was it uh, better than last year? Have they taken on the advice and made a better event? And are you, are you excited for Italy? Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. Um, I think it's it was different uh, from Esbjerg in many ways. Uh, I think they had taken uh, some advice, uh, mainly regarding obstacle um, uh, requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally think that completion rates for all participants is a success uh, criteria that's measured upon. It should be completion rates of a, a primarily elite athletes, and that has something to do with European champs it's hard to, to keep it as a, a commercial event, but it's a necessity. Um, yeah. so, and I think it should be something everyone should be capable of attending. 
but it's hard to say that, oh, everyone uh, from journeyman should also complete all obstacles because that's most fair. Because then you can, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's a big discussion, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think that they improved with a lot of things in Poland. They positively surprised almost every athlete there. They managed to have a fun and interesting weekend uh, mm-hmm. where they got a lot of like a good Polish history as well. Good athletes coming from a lot of good athletes from Eastern Europe that we'd never seen before. Belarus, yeah. Czech mm-hmm. Republic, Russia, uh, Ukraine, like really strong athletes there. We have Ukrainian Eugene being fourth, I think, on this short course. Yeah. Um, so I think they managed to do really well. Uh, do we still need like small adjustments? Of course, there's always adjustments after mm-hmm. any race. I primarily think it's a question of distance. I mean, that's the only thing. Like if, yeah. if you if you're calling out a 15k race at a championship event, that you kind of want to have that measurable to the next year 15k event. Don't yeah. make it 16 and a half k. If you're making a, a 3k short course, don't make it 6.3k. It's it's not measurable. Uh, with the other things because if you're an, a commercial organizer you can do whatever you want to do yeah uh, you can call it a 5k race and make it a 50k race you can do whatever you want um people will be surprised i guess but uh, at, at championship events we need some level of formalization which i know the polish have been very good at doing in collaboration with uh, ian adamson and world ocr so uh, yeah. kudos to the organizers and uh, also, Ian was there and uh, he witnessed the event and, and he had a, had a couple of good points. And uh, one of the things I know will be improved uh, in Italy next year is, for example, the coverage, the live coverage will be better, uh, stuff like that. So We need uh, Nikolai in the box. Screw James. Let's get yeah. Nikolai in there. Nah. <laughs> oh, I mean, we love James. We love him. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't tell him that. I would love to just... If I could could it just be out on the course and just like reporting yeah. <laughs> we should hire Nikolai not as, not just for chasing my little Danish butt but for chasing the lead pack and the short course and I mean yeah. I would do the same on the standard course uh, the next day I mean I, I wouldn't mind before that involves running though Leon I mean uh, you can you can skip course a few, a few places <laughs> no parts. That's, that should be fine because okay. um, I mean I think it would be I think it's so much fun to see the lives where you have people running with the camera, mm-hmm. especially if you have a guy like um, like Steve, like Hammond, uh, who can oh, actually yeah, comment yeah, yeah. at the same time. Because sometimes yeah. you have a couple of guys chasing, yeah. and then they just stand there, and all you hear is like, you need to have apps just to keep up, and then you need to have enough air also to commentating, and that's mm-hmm. not, not everyone can do that. Uh, <laughs> just, you actually need to be really fast to no, I, I think <laughs> like it would be fun to, to do that for the standard and I know Nico would love to do it for the short yeah. it's probably not uh, good for the athletic performance kind of thing but you know what yeah, but it's, it's good fun <laughs> it's good fun and we, we do love yeah. good fun in the commentator box who controls which camera is on like yeah. that is uh, if you have one guy who can control yeah, whatever that's one job on, that's one job that's yeah. one job yeah. <laughs> one human being to control those things um, and we cannot if we don't have that human being it's not going to matter uh, anyway what's the next race for you guys Leon Nikolai um, I mean I, I'm racing Reborn in August so that's it oh no, shit, we're doing Exletics yeah, yeah, we're doing Exletics we're doing in a couple a, of weeks uh, pretty cool event uh, like uh, in uh, like uh, the first time we are racing it it's called um, Exletics 
mm-hmm. like a German uh, German based race. Uh, they have a lot of German and and uh, Austrian races. We're gonna race in uh, Tyrol. Nice uh, in, in Austria in the Alps. Yeah, but it's gonna be another mountain race. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna be like um, eighteen kilometers with uh, fifteen hundred meters of elevation. You do that as well, Leon. Yeah, I'll be yeah. there. <laughs> I'll be there. Yeah. I I might just uh, I might mentally prepare myself for a 18 kilometer a very tough tempo run. Uh, I I think uh, my self esteem might shatter if I if I go there with the thoughts of uh, of doing super well. We'll have uh, we'll have Matthias Kaude and Thomas Bueller. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, Tebow maybe. Be yeah. some fast, uh, fast uh, German and uh, any Belgium guys there. Uh, so and, that, then reborn in August. Reborn in August. Yeah. But I mean, for both Nicole and I, July is also a chance to go back a little bit to basics with the training. Yeah. Uh, before we start the, the training block towards uh, London. Yeah. And the first race in that block uh, uh, is is going to be the reborn event in Denmark, which will be. Eight kilometers, uh, I think thirty something obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. And it's two zero to Nikolai right now. He's uh, he's beaten me two out of two times where we've been racing head to head and reborn. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he could do the hat trick in the uh, in ne- the next race in Litterbog in Roskilde, yeah. or, or I could uh, finally even out the score a little bit. So yeah. that's gonna be fun. Yeah. You might get a bit of protection over there. Sorry. You might get a bit of Brit action, maybe. We'd love a little bit of that Brit action. That would be action. pretty uh, epic. But actually, Reborn, uh, Little Ball, uh, the race in August, uh, was the second hardest, hardest race I did last year, like after the European Champ. Don't tell me that. You just put me Right, I'm going to finish up. Actually, it was like uh, the obstacles were also just uh, like uh, kind of really you, hard to you like distribute it. it. And the cool terrain, a lot of hills. Yeah, yeah. you guys will love it as well yeah. if you're coming over. We know uh, some Swedish athletes, some of the good Swedish athletes are coming as well. We got the youngster, uh, youngster Frederick Steinbeck coming. I'm hoping to see Krista. And we will see if we can lure Ludwig Werkmester to see if he will come. <laughs> we can get him out of his Swedish hideout. And uh, come here, Ludwig, come and play. Um, so if you're listening, Ludwig, get yeah. your ass here. Uh, it's gonna be fun. Come and play with us. <laughs> also, uh, they increased the prize money at the reborn events to uh, to make it more interesting for the competitive uh, events. I think in pounds we're looking at uh, five hundred and eighty pounds ish yeah, like uh, for the winner. Oh, it's a pretty big money now. It's pretty good. It's uh, yeah. going uh, the right direction, I think. Also, for um, uh, we are having more and more people trying to be more serious about this. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to, yeah. the organizers need to move on uh, that direction as well. So and the good. need, I think they also need like, yeah, press money for uh, first, second and third at minimum. Yeah. And there and will be, uh, it's just uh, undefined for second and third year, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, we're also hoping to see uh, uh, some more women for the female competitive field there, which will be interesting. But yeah, otherwise from there, it's just uh, head over heels uh, prepping for London. London. Yeah, yeah. Short course and standard again. Yep, yep. Epic. Yep. And I will for sure not run the standard. No surprises there. I will not all like be. Oh, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> that that's not happening. So um, if y'all want to follow the race uh, even more live than the potential live that might eventually be there at some point, 
ish, no clue if anything is happening. Uh, then I'll be taking over Nicola's Instagram for the standard course and chasing the lead pack out there. And I'm going to follow the end at the short course. That's going to be so, fun. Yeah. But yeah, guys, tell us about your next race and then we should all head off to bed. So we've got Marsden Lodge next, um, the final of the UK Spartan Series. So that's our next race this weekend coming up. Is that Midlands? Yeah. Yes, oh, Midlands. Sweet. So, yeah, that's our next big race here in the UK. And then and who's, who's going to win that race, guys? Who's going to win that race? I want to know. I got my money on uh, Dan Corner. He's leading the series at the moment, um, undefeated in his races this year. So Holy I think, shit. Yeah, I think he's going to take it. Um, but he's got a, a good background and history of being a, an elite kind of athlete. So. Oh, sweet. He's got a good mindset. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, it could be anybody's game, really. I mean, yeah, Tom Tweddle, who actually came fifth on the standard course at Poland. Tom ran really well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's also going to be there, so he's a, he's difficult to beat. But he had he good does. running legs. I saw that he had good running legs. Yeah, but he does fire the spear, so that helps us. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, it could be anybody's game. We're all we're all so bloody close. It's, so uh, you guys, uh, Jesse. Uh, Jesse's not having a good one. Plus, a little bit of news about Jesse. He's just broken his hand from Poland. Broken? Yeah. Thinks he's broken his hand. Fractured his hand somehow. That's In the right. short course. Oh, shame, man. So yeah, the, the elastic on his shorts, they're too tight. Trying to take it. <laughs> Shorts in general. <laughs> They'd have broken something else. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Um, and then past that, it's one Spartans, and then we get a huge break here in the UK, all the way through till, uh, well, other than Perth. Um, so we get a long break. So we're thinking about Denmark with you boys, August. Guys, and any UK awesome. listeners, let us know if you're coming. Just drop us a text. We'll give a couple of recommendations. And uh, let's see what, um, uh, if you're bringing a big team, maybe we could find the time for a common UK show around Copenhagen running tour on the next day. Let's oh, see. That would be I cool. mean, something like that could be fun, you know? And oh, we have a mountain in Copenhagen. Now we have a mountain in Copenhagen. They built, uh, they built a mountain and a ski track in Copenhagen. Nice. Yeah. And it, nice. it should be open. Should be open. Oh, we make then. it open. We make it open. Yeah. Seek in. Open the mountain. <laughs> it's a, it's a building that they've been there. They're building for a long time. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's um I don't even know recycling facility kind of huge place with like they're doing stuff. I don't know. That was my that was my vocabulary. Sorry guys. What'd you get for? Uh, not starting English lessons earlier in the Danish school system. Yeah. Hey, you're doing better than that Danish, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. thanks a lot for coming on, guys. It's been amazing to chat to you about the European Championships and uh, more zine races. Good luck with your next events. And hopefully we get to see you sometime this year before London. Hopefully. But if not, great training for London. I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll chat to you again in and around OCR Worlds. Um, yeah, good Most luck. definitely, guys. It was good chatting with you, and uh, yeah, nice to but catch up. Leon's 2018 and 2019 European short course champion. Yep, boom, double chop. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, uh, the thing is, it's like graduating. Um, it's like graduating something cool in school. No one can really take that away from you. 
No. You know? Like, but, no one can be like in 50 years, oh, you didn't do it. Like, wait a second. It's, it's right there. Um, other than John Abram, are you the only person to retain? Well, actually, yeah, well, Albon it did retain. Yeah, but uh, has, other than John and Leon, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the only male, yeah, to retain a um, the European crown. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Take it. Retire, Leon. Retire now. I'm done. Yeah, retire <laughs> now. <I'm> done. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about uh, Italy. I just wrote on my Instagram that uh, I'm already nervous 340 days in, in, in advance uh, because of uh, hills. <laughs> because of hills. <laughs> no, it's going to be good. I'm excited. And I mean, it's just, it's good racing these type of races. And I think it brings out the best in everyone. I think people prepare for the championship events. And I like that. It, it, that means that we're moving in a direction where people are more serious about how they uh, treat themselves as athletes and how yep. they treat the sport of OCR. Um, and I, I think especially the European championships is since it's a federated event uh, underneath World OCR and the European uh, Obstacle Sports uh, Federation, I think we're looking at um, the kind of direction which has, mm, I think, a bigger su- possibility of success in uh, developing into a IOC, like uh, Olympic kind of chats at some point. Because I know it's going to be hard for the for the commercial levels, but yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 trying to be a little bit involved in the the Danish uh, development within uh, how we do with federated sports here, but it's mm-hmm. hard to get time for everything. Yeah, that's a different chat. You guys head to bed. So good chatting with you, yeah. and um, yeah, yeah, hopefully see you in August. And uh, if anyone has any questions after this podcast, please just spam Nikolai. And- <laughs> 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 the questions, the questions you're gonna get. <laughs> oh shit! Cheers, yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, let's All right. Uh, stay in touch. Bye, bye. Of course, bye. That is, yeah. Like get back to the basics. I love the monkey bars. They don't have to be so fancy. Like all of a sudden, everybody's like hanging around in rings and dildos and stuff. and you're listening to OCR Audio. Hey guys, this is Brian Kempson. Listen to OCR Radio. We have a great gang on. It's amazing to talk to a group of people rather than just one interview at a time. Hi, I'm John Alvin. You listen to Jack and Luke on the OCR Audio.